Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. The show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and for industry leaders. In the PropTech Hot Seat today is Sean Brady, COO of SmartWork Plus. Shane, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm chuffed to be here. Um, Shane, tell us a little bit about work, uh, work smart or sorry, smart work plus. Sure. Um, so I've been working with smart work plus for the last three and a half years. Um, our real focus has been trying to bring that kind of intelligence hub to the facilities management industry. So what we're really trying to do is bring all the kind of data that you can find in a building and uh, bring that down into kind of more insights that can be used by facilities managers to actually uh, improve the operating efficiency of companies. And, um, you know, whenever I hear words like data or intelligence, I, I like to break it down into sure. what information is available. So let's look at the types of properties that you're dealing with. So yeah. right now you're working across the commercial real estate sector, but what would be the typical type of building that you're dealing with? Okay, so the, the the typical kind of portfolio that we're seeing is we will usually work with companies that have uh, a portfolio that is, say, for instance, from uh, Georgian vaults um, right into kind of post-war modular buildings and then new buildings. So they'll have all that within their portfolio. And what we try to do is have a technology that can work against all those backgrounds. So the bits that you're really going to get off the back of that will be different depending on which building we're working with. So for instance, we can work directly with the BMS and some of the newer technology, uh, or sorry, with some of the newer buildings. When it comes to some of those more post-war modular buildings, there is a BMS there. It's a little bit less intelligence, a little bit less intelligent that you can uh, try and bring something in to bring that data into the cloud. And then obviously you've got the Georgian buildings where you're trying to install technology that can work with the, the building that's already there. Um, so what we actually have are reports for the soft FM side of things. So that's more people management. Um, so you'll get more direct uh, specific uh, software development, or sorry, um, soft FM reports. So if you're a cleaner, you'll get a text message to let them know that a bathroom has been used, needs cleaned, that side of things. We have high-level reports that lets us know in, say, university environments that occupancy over the summer lets period is down 15% on last year. Um, but there's also that direct piece with the BMS. So there is the knowledge of, okay, we have occupancy uh, sensors in a room, say in the Georgian uh, kind of environment that we're, we're talking about. We will then put on sensors onto the radiators so that you don't have to go through a report for anything to be done. It is simply just no occupancy, reduce the heating. Um, so that's that's the array that you'll see across these different kinds of buildings. Okay, very good. Um, and and that is that is quite um uh the spectrum of yeah. existing real estate <laughs> yeah. that's there. But um from for, from Smart Work Plus perspective, who is your client? Is it the portfolio owner, or would it be perhaps the facilities management in place? It's the facility management companies usually that we're able to work with quite directly. Um, that being said, they've introduced us to their clients that have large portfolios. So we're, we're kind of doing a partnership. Um, usually you'll have a facilities management company looking after these properties anyway. Um, so you're able to go in, have that conversation, give them the knowledge about, say, for instance, the bits they're more interested in is maybe the, the cleaning, the security. And then you give them the insights as well towards these heat savings or uh, energy savings. Um, 
it all runs off the same technology. So if you're putting in a, a sensor, an IoT sensor for occupancy, that's just as useful for feeding into the BMS as it is for these reports for operations managers. Absolutely. Um, in the last couple of years, you know, we've spoken a lot about um, the the um, absolute growth in IoT sensors across buildings. And, you know, while obviously newer buildings would have a lot of this kind of built in in terms of the digital infrastructure and um, the building management system generally supports that. For the older buildings, it can be a bit more challenging. And of course, it can be done. But I think the older buildings are maybe a more interesting proposition to look at. You know, so for example, you've mentioned there like Georgian, uh, some Georgian properties. When you look at those, um, are you actually going in and putting in the occupancy sensors or or would uh, would there be some level of IoT deployment already in the buildings? We're usually the first, um, not always, we're, we're not always the first. Um, a lot of the time, some, sometimes there's been trials with older technologies and we've, we've kind of come into IoT graveyards sometimes. Um, but usually what we do is try to have quite a small number of sensors to get a little bit of progress going that can be seen and then the benefit add and then deploy from there rather than float the place with sensors and then see what we can do afterwards. Um, so yes, we're usually deploying the sensors ourselves in the retrofit area. Um, again, like you said, sometimes you have great buildings that even not even necessarily all that old with a BMS that still has a, a good bit of data. If you think about it from occupancy sensors or heat sensors, they've been in these buildings for years. It's just not necessarily clicked into anything. Um, it's just completely local to the building. Um, so that's... Is this is this where we're talking about collecting data, but maybe not gathering the insights at all? And uh, by yeah. the way, that term IoT graveyard, I haven't heard that before, but that's <laughs> that's that's quite perfect uh, yeah. to describe some of the abandoned prop tech yeah. Um, yeah. trials that we we walked into yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, I I haven't used that term, but I'm definitely going to no, use it again because it's it's, 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 it's perfect. Fear of ours. It's a great fear of ours. We want to make sure that every single sensor that we ever deploy. It stays there and it's continually useful. Um, we try to deploy as few as necessary to get the outcomes. That's kind of our customers don't really have a massive interest. Facilities management companies don't have a massive interest in the specific sensors you're using or how many sensors you're using. They just care about the outcomes. Um, so if you can sample a building, get an idea, say, for instance, for uh, temperature, um, you can you can put these sensors across the building or occupancy in general. You don't need to stick it in every single room to understand oh the building's busy today um so that's that's the you know we're, we're trying to avoid that 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 graveyard piece i think eventually you'll find more and more uses for more and more sensors and they build out over time but it doesn't need to be day one yeah and and look i i think a huge part of this comes from a number of years ago where you had uh, innovators operating in silos they wanted to come in and deploy their one solution but they in, didn't integrate well with the rest of the building and at the end of the day, no facilities management company is going to work across 10, 12, 14 different no. dashboards. They just want yeah. everything to work no. seamlessly and to integrate. Um, and I know kind of a number of years ago, the call out to PropTech innovators was really, you know, yes, integration, but effectively learn to play nice together because actually that's the only way that you're going to serve large portfolio owners Absolutely. because there are too many problems to yeah. solve and you can't solve them all. But actually it does lend itself to um, maybe a, 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 an interesting question in terms of deployment, because where people have invested in technology, they generally don't like to see that that 
that investment has failed, <coughs> excuse me, or they don't like to consider it as a failed investment or a failed experiment. So, you know, one of the things we encourage innovators to do is almost it's like improv. You say yes. And so you build on whatever was there and and you you layer yours, your solution on top of it. You know, if you're going into older buildings that have already tried to invest in tech, you know, five years ago, yeah. is that more of a barrier than than somebody who hasn't even tried? It do, no, um, no. Sometimes it's a real big benefit. Uh, okay. So what we're usually seeing is there are some systems out there that are completely proprietary. Uh, we're seeing less and less of those because the the industry is getting a little bit more intelligent and knows that's a bit of a red flag. Sometimes unless they're bringing something absolutely amazing that nobody else can, they are tending to think about does this, like you say, this system play play ball with other systems? Um, like we were, we were probably, uh, we probably fell into this at the very start too. It wasn't we. We thought we were the most unique thing in the world, and only we could use a certain. We tried to build our own sensors, and we just learned over time that, especially with facility management companies, um, you don't get the luxury. Some of the other buildings do. You don't get the luxury of just flooding a building with sensors and then going from there. Every single piece was just a small bit, bit, bit uh, proof. Move on. One of the the I'll give you an example of where we're seeing this. Are there, the example of where a system is actually the technology is not bad. The sensors were open platform. That's great. So they used LoRaWAN, um, which we work with as well, and. The sensors themselves are doing a great job as people counting in a university background. The deployment was really the problem in that case, in the sense that I don't blame them. There's a lot of technology companies out there to try and get a lot of large numbers. They they put a whole pile of sensors into buildings and then they move on to the next client. And that's that's kind of their trajectory. So what they've done, like I said about this IoT graveyard, you have these perfectly grand uh occupancy sensors that are all throughout a university, 200,000 pounds spent, but it's not going to any reports that are actually being used. It's like you said, this kind of large collection of data just rolling. Um, that's a perfect one to walk into because those sensors are just not utilized properly. There's other ones where it's maybe more proprietary technology, um, which are they're, they're sometimes a little bit more difficult to try and get the data out of the systems. There's costs involved. There's usually licenses. Um, I, we haven't bumped into that too much. Most of the time that we're going in, the technology itself is ready to transfer into something more useful. Uh, like you said, kind of play for uh, with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with no, no, I, I, and that that absolutely makes sense. And um, you know, while I've described your offering as being across commercial real estate, you know, there's there's definitely um, there's definitely an area of expertise emerging here, um, perhaps across some of the most iconic buildings on the island of Ireland. And I'm, I'm referring, of course, to some of the universities. So you have, um, you know, you're working across Ulster University, uh, uh, UCD. So Smart Work Plus, you know, what are you bringing to university campus that is helping them um you know what's the what's the i suppose what's the business case for the university campus the university is a little bit of an easier one for us because there's not a lot else there doing what we're doing um so we are working with facility management companies on the universities it's a little bit different over in gb when it's mm -hmm. it's not so much out um the a lot of the facility management is done in-house uh over in ireland it's a lot more um uh, kind of facility management companies brought in. What we're bringing initially is 
we kind of put in a platform. There's there's a bit of a, a routine to it now. So we we usually put in a platform of first of all get a LoRaWAN network installed in a university's building, put in a, a sample of sensors and get an understanding of the occupancy there. Then you can shift your uh, facility management operations to the occupancy. Um, so say for instance we we're in TUD UCD, just an example. The, the main benefit being that. The pattern is the same across all of these universities over and over again. Each time you learn uh, something in one of the universities, you bring it out to the others. So we've got, we originally went in and used a lot of these kind of simple occupancy uh, sensors to get an idea of occupancy of buildings. And it was already a, a big improvement on what we used to do in facilities management, which was we had these ideas of, you know, kind of drop down from say term one. Uh, and then you went off on your holidays and then term two and term three, and then you went on your summer holidays. What we were able to actually see is the occupancy of students coming in. One of the interesting bits that we were able to find that it's, it's almost universal is term one being very busy off for Christmas. And then term two being like maybe about 20 or 30% less busy than term one. And if I remember my university days, um, I would say that rings true to a certain extent in that you maybe pick and choose. I'm not saying that I did this, but uh, you, you maybe pick and choose um, some of the, the subjects that you know, oh, I don't need to go to that class. I need to go to this one. Uh, we actually seen that that has a real world implication for facilities managers. It's genuinely not as used in term, term two as it is in term one. And um, we didn't realize just how quiet things get over the summer. It's different. You have some summer lets areas and mm. things like that, but the knowledge that we have over that is massive in comparison to what we knew before, which was good. Like you you have operations managers on the ground that have a really good knowledge of their building. We're just trying to bring that bit of technology that goes beyond what you know human eyes and ears can do. Um, yeah. So we're always we're always looking, you know, facilities management is a really low margin. Um, It's a really low margin operation. So, you know, we're always looking at achieving those savings. So, you know, yes, you're looking at reducing the energy costs um, and obviously the occupation sensors will help you do that. But in terms of for the facility management uh, places, you know, whether it's in terms of, you know, what areas need attending to because there's a higher level of footfall or um, whether you're using automation to tell you what bill, bins need to be emptied. You know, there, there are so many different solutions. But um, at this point, do you have any data in terms of the savings that can be achieved? Yeah, so all we have as kind of proof case from that side of things is what the facility management companies see of the university. So we have uh, 7% in TUD. Um, so that's it's in the hands of the facilities manager. We we provide the reports and the knowledge, but they need to use their own industry expertise to find out how to take that. Say, for instance, me and you can look over something that says, oh, uh, the building was used 30% less on a Friday than it was on a Wednesday. But that doesn't necessarily translate directly into 30% savings and cleaning mm. costs or whatever. You need to put it in the hands of the actual experts. That being said, that's the reality of what we've got as use cases um, up to this point. That's the kind of savings that actual universities are seeing. Um, to well, seven, 7% is substantial. So, you know, that, that goes a long way towards building your, your business case. Um, but just, I suppose, in terms of, I, I, I'm thinking from the facilities manager's uh, yeah. point of view, yes. uh, and they're trying to save labour, but I suppose, you know, that mightn't be the, the driving factors, no. you know, and, and I can appreciate that, you know, every university campus right now will have committed to a sustainability not yes. just a, a sustainability strategy but a plan that has targets and their targets very much align 
uh, with Ireland and uh, with wider global targets. So what are you seeing kind of as the driving force for this? Um, Is it sustainability or is it savings? You know what? That's actually a really good question because that's that's basically the the path that we've been on originally. When we sat around, my background is in commercial uh, facilities management. That's it's all about knowing that the margins were very low, knowing that we had to do something about that. A bit like Carillion happening in twenty eighteen. That was all the time that I was working there. You couldn't just go in and say, "Oh, we'll just try and reduce the hours more." It it really just hit a wall. Um, uh, that's really where we were born out of, and. That's what we thought would be the the way that it was deployed. What we've actually found is a bit like what I was saying before. Cleaning companies are using, or facility management companies are using the knowledge of the occupancy to clean the building better. Um, you know, not wasting time cleaning bathrooms that aren't being used, bits like that. But it's improving the standards, getting the client on board more, and then providing them with the reports that we're also showing them around their, their ESG side of things. So we were able to find out that one of the the banking uh, environment kind of uh, operations that we were in, um, they wasted fifty thousand hours of heating. So this is a this isn't a, an old building. It's maybe about fifteen years old. Something that you would expect the BMS to be quite good, and it is a good BMS. What a lot of the time you'll find in uh, building management systems, especially over a certain year, is not a lot of occupancy data coming into that, um, or at least occupancy and heat data being able to be overlapped on each other um, wasn't really seen as a as a priority in say 2005 2006 mm-hmm. um, what we were able to do is go into these environments and say over the period of in this case it was uh, January to March and we were able to just look at put these sensors sample them across the building and say you know <laughs> in weekends in this particular environment weekends and this is not the only one um, the heating was on all weekend nobody occupying any buildings and just flagging up uh, uh, issues like that, that the BMS is working correctly and that it's heating at a certain time, but it's not able to actually go that that step further and realize, okay, I'm heating a room because that's what I've been programmed to do. That's fine. But does it need to heat this room if there's nobody in it? Those reports are really interesting for, um, say, for instance, universities. You know, uh, that's a really easy win for them to reduce costs and reduce energy waste. We're moving into that place where BMS is interacting with our sensors and we don't actually have to go through reports to get this done. And it's more of a direct case. But like I said, it depends on the on the age of the BMS. Um, you have to work with the systems that you've got. And some of these more modern buildings are great. And we can just say, okay, put these sensors in, that'll work. Or there's sensors already there. Here's a rule that will fix that. But if you look back into older portfolios, which a lot of the universities have, it's not as easy as that, um, right down to being able to just switch off, switch off heating in certain sections of the building is yeah. not a luxury that some of these buildings can do. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about working that out. Uh, and given if a facilities manager is able to, to put these sensors in, fix their cleaning or uh, uh, improve the operations on the cleaning side of things and pass forward these reports, that's where they're seeing the real value add. And there's no longer this real focus on cost cutting. They're seeing these people as a partner in facilities. Um, and that's hopefully that's that's going to drive up that value add that facilities management needs to do. It's, it started to feel a bit like a commodity and it shouldn't be. These are people with a lot of expertise in the facilities. Um, you know, when you talk about, you know, we can talk about waste and not really understand what that means. When you, when you say, okay, we can show 50 hours 
of sorry, fifty thousand. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, fifty thousand. I'm sorry, that is what you said. Uh, fifty thousand hours of uh, a, a room being heated that didn't mm-hmm. need to be heated. That's painting um, a, a really shocking picture of waste. Would that be? Would that be typical? I mean, when you go in, I, I presume as a first port call, like your your first point of action is almost to measure, try to establish a baseline in an area. Would that level of waste be typical? In, in certain kinds of buildings, yes, um, wow. uh, like said, you have you have this portfolio and it's not typical for buildings, say, maybe built in the last 10 years. Um, usually the BMS is a little bit more intelligent, has these sensors built into its capabilities. And it's there's really great people working on the BMS side of things, too. It's not to say that somebody has, has missed this opportunity or missed this mistake. They just don't have the data in front of them. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have warnings being flagged up and saying you've went over a certain amount of hours and you know especially on the weekends that occupancy overheat is just not really available for a lot of buildings so yes it really is um we're going in and putting these sensors in again for the benefit of occupancy knowledge for the cleaning side of things but while you're there the same sensors are giving you this knowledge about heating uh, about light and you're getting to see these bits that they're able to go and have those further conversations and say did you realize that, you know, in, as you know, in Ireland, it was over 20 degrees all weekend in the middle of March. And it's not necessarily that the, the buildings retaining heat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, it is pretty common. And that's what, that's why we're kind of focusing on university environments, but also those kinds of commercial buildings that are a little bit older, because that's where, if you call this an opportunity for reducing waste, this is a massive opportunity across those older buildings. Very good. And I suppose before we finish up today, um, Smart Work Plus, what's what's next on your agenda? Because, it, you know, it, it sounds to me that this is an area that has been somewhat neglected. It's not an area that's been targeted by prop tech startups over the last number of years. Um, so I would say any deployment that went in was trial or experimental at best. It hasn't been an area of focus. Um, so what what's what's your plan for the next kind of 12 to 18 months? One of the main things that we've done is we've really expanded to quite a lot of the universities um, in on the island of Ireland. Um, shout out to Trinity. They're, they're the only one that we really need to get into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if anybody from Trinity's watching. Uh, but the, the main thing that we're trying to do is bring this over to GB. You know, there, there's very little difference in university environments over there. As opposed, you know, if you look at University of Ulster, I'm walking around buildings in Manchester or down in London that you could be in the exact same building. Uh, it feels like you're walking in University of Ulster. Um, so we know that if these issues are happening there, they should be replicated over in these buildings. And I know that nobody, like you said, nobody is actually looking at this particular area or use case for um, for IoT and that side of things. That's a big focus on the university environment. We want to build up as well this kind of more commercial real estate uh, side of things. Like I said, banking is a real big focus, especially those banks that maybe not necessarily the banks that have one or two large skyscrapers in the center of, uh, I'm sure there's loads of people uh, fine for that. But this is what we really want to see are the banks that have maybe been here for a long time, have a lot of branches across uh, the island of Ireland and GB that there isn't really that same level of data coming across. I think we're starting to specialize in that. Um, same again for uh, public public sector kind of buildings. So the councils are really a big focus for us at the moment. But if we could just get that first sample, that, that first audit going in these buildings and start to get the insights into the hands of these people that own the properties, we know the business 
and we'll we'll follow after that. Um, we've experienced it that many times that we don't want to create any more graveyards, basically. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's you know, and actually, yeah, you articulate that really well because actually, when you talk about the traditional banks, um, th- that building is so almost ubiquitous in regional towns that it's yeah. referred to as bank building or bank yeah, house. Yeah, you know, yeah. a, a, pe- people know what you mean by that. And in terms of Trinity, I was actually just reading about some of the preservation work that's going on on the oldest building they have on campus, which is in excess of 400 years old. So that would be... 1970s, if I have that right. Uh... <laughs> so that would be a really interesting... That would be Absolutely. a really... And, and of course, they have, um, they have some of Ireland's um, top performing uh, new build buildings on campus as well so that would be such an extreme that would be a really interesting portfolio to manage so if there is anybody listening from the Trinity Estates management uh, to reach out to Smart Work Plus um, and and if you get that be sure to keep keep us updated because that's again really interesting portfolio that um, you know there would be a lot of learning there that could be applied to buildings right across Ireland Absolutely. That that Trinity case is exactly that. You know, it's it's had great growth in the last kind of 20 years as well. So you've got these really cutting edge buildings. Um, I don't think there's a, a better use case, maybe in, even in GB. Um, that's that's a really nice one. So, Carol, if you can work your math, <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. We will see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Uh, thank you so much. That was no Shane problem. Brady, COO of Smart Work Plus. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other construction and real estate shows from around the world on iProperty Radio. Before we go, just a special word of thanks to our sponsor, PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and for industry leaders. And thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio. 